0: Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited to introduce you to my guest and friend today. She's one of my favorite people. We've connected several times and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So let me introduce you to Dawn. Dawn spent seven years building her business to multiple six figures and reached the top 3% of leaders in just under three years. And she loves to coach ambitious women who are looking to reach the next level, whether that's in their business or personal lives. And as a recovering people pleaser, perfectionist, and procrastinator herself, Dawn launched her podcast, Imperfection in Progress, to create a community and actionable steps for women who want to move away from these three Ps and find more joy and less stress in their lives. Don, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I know we've had some great conversations. And I can't wait to dive in. Thanks so much for having me here. I love that we get to talk about this. Yeah, and this is perfect timing right after the holidays, which are supposed to be full of joy and magic and all fun things. A lot of times it turns into a little bit of a stressful
1: time. It does, and it's really interesting because I think Uh, A lot of times it's based on expectation and we create these fantastic stories in our head of what things are going to look like, whether it's personally what the holidays are going to look like when you go to events or invite family over or whatever it is. Or it can be in your business, like how the year is going to wind up and what numbers you're going to hit and all the ideas you have going forward. And then some disappointment sets in or frustration or whatever. And then suddenly we're spinning a whole new story about either whose fault it is or why we aren't good enough to do it. And it totally changes the story that we have played out. And then we start berating ourselves. Why why is this happening? And how could it have been different? And yeah, we go down this whole cycle. And I think expectation plays a huge part, especially if you tend to be an overachiever or a perfectionist. And yeah, holidays can be very stressful.
0: Yeah. And, And I think one of the other things that's really interesting is There's a whole bunch of holidays crammed into pretty much a month and a half. And then we have that week after where nobody knows what day it is. And then now we're like in the new year. And so many people start to look at what they accomplished or didn't accomplish last year and start to really set those goals. And I know you work with ambitious women. And many
1: times the list is really long in January. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy to me, the list that I'll hear from people or even just chatting with friends or clients or whatever, and just asking each other, so what are you planning for this year? What are your goals? What are your you know, dreams? And the things that come out, I'm like, wow, obviously I am aiming way too low because these people are like, they should be Fortune 500 CEOs by the end of the year, pulling out the big numbers based on what they're saying and everybody is going to be fitter, healthier, spend more time with their family, have a booming business and every single area of their life is going to achieve monumental success by year's end. And it's just so incredibly unrealistic. And we are really good at putting a number or an idea out there, but we're not very good at actually breaking it down into what kind of time and energy and effort is that going to take? To get us to that thing that we're saying. And I think that's where starting in the, the very beginning of the year, we need to little do a little reflection on what are we willing to give to achieve these numbers and what aren't we willing to give yeah. in order to create these goals that we have.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting about what you just said is I think it, it also, if I look back to the holidays Right before the holidays, a lot of times people are like, I want to do this and this. And then halfway through, it's I just want to get through this with <laughs> the next couple of weeks. And I find that's very similar to goal setting in January. Like, I want to do all these great things. And then by spring break, if you have kids, you're like, I just need to get through the school year.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's interesting when we we decide that we want something right It's the idea, right? It's almost like the shiny object that's out there. I want to get that. And then when we start having to work towards it and we realize that, oh, all the rest of our life doesn't actually stop and let us focus and concentrate just solely on that one thing. Those things are still going. The kids are still going to school. I do still have to get up and make lunch or I have to still do the laundry. And those things are still part of life. Suddenly it's, oh, yeah, maybe I I was aiming too big and now I need to pull back on that goal. And now, oh, maybe that goal isn't even achievable. And suddenly we're backpedaling as if it's not at all doable or we're making setting another goal that's so low because that one we can hit and we know that. And so we really don't take the time when we're saying these things originally to, like I said, sit down and say, OK, what does this take from me? Is this realistic at this time in my life? Does this work with my regular things that have to get fit in every day and every week? Or are these things that I'm, again, being a perfectionist, saying it's all or nothing, black or white, I'm all in, go big, go home. And so this is my goal. And yet again, I'm going to feel like at the end of the year, oh, I failed, I didn't make it. And so then we set ourselves back again and we're constantly reassessing what our abilities really are. When in reality, if we had done that assessment, first in January or December, whenever you want to do it, that would be a really great time to actually look at it realistically with all the other obligations in our lives and set yourself a goal that, yeah, you can achieve it, you can break it down, and then you'll move forward instead of usually falling into procrastination or giving up entirely.
0: Yeah. Somebody said in one book, it's called The Gap in the Gain, they said that humans severely overestimate the amount that they could get done in one year, but they underestimate what they can get done in three years. And I always think about this around New Year's because I think naturally people are like, I'm going to accomplish this by the end of the year. And many times the really big things, you can't do that in a year, like writing and launching a book. Maybe you can, but it's very difficult to actually get all that done in a year, if especially if you have never written even an email or a, a journal to become an author in a year. And I think that's sometimes what happens is that we do have these really big dreams. And then, like you said, life gets in the way. Our kids have to go to school, our husband gets sick, or whatever happens, and then that big dream just seems further and further away.
1: One thing I always ask is, What's wrong with doing that dream five years out? Because I think sometimes we think there has to be this end thing because the year ends in December. So therefore, I have to achieve in 12 months. But the reality is you're better to achieve in five years and actually achieve than get to the end of this year and have given up or you're behind or you're so lost because you just feel like I've been behind for the last six months and now I'm trying to rush to get these things done. It's not very good quality. Um, And I don't even know if I want to keep going because I'm so frustrated. So why not back it off? What's wrong with that? If you're going to achieve it, there's nothing wrong with putting it out further. And I think that's part of that whole New Year's resolution thing, right? This whole, like, it's January, therefore we have to make this goal. But every day you can make a goal. It has nothing to do with it being January.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your process a little. There are so many things. There's New Year's resolutions, there's vision boards, words, themes. I don't know what else, but there's quite a few different things or a process that people follow. What do you do around the New Year time?
1: Yeah, so for me, I like to do a really good clarity dump. I I always say the dump because it literally is just for me on paper. And often with my clients, that's what I start with is let's put down on paper everything you would like to do, like everything. I don't care how wild it is. I don't care how maybe unachievable it actually is. If you want to be like the next rock star, let's put it on there. But let's get it all on there. And then let's go on the next piece of paper and put all the things that have to be done. So what's in your life? right, that just have to be done, things that happen throughout the year that this year, maybe you have to go to a wedding, maybe you have to travel for business, whatever it is, put them all down. And that way we get really clear on, okay, what does this year look like in reality? And then what things could actually happen out of this list of ideas that could be put into this year that makes sense. And then you can cherry pick, right? Oh, okay, I would like to start a podcast this year, or I would really like to get up A newsletter funnel and sequence into my business. Or I just would like to be consistently posting on Instagram, whatever the thing is. Okay, so what things actually fit with all these things that are the obligations? And are there things in your obligations list that actually don't need to happen this year? Are you just doing them because you always have? What can we take off that list? So we need to see, first of all, what time do we have? And what are we actually willing to do? Because again, if you think that the big thing is that your business should be doubling its income this year and the way that you think you have to do it, you hate. Really? Is that the way we have to do it? Is that what we want to look at doing this year? Does that get you excited? No. Guess what? We're going to be looking at that again next year because it hasn't gone anywhere. So what can we do to get really clear first? And I find once we've done that, it makes it so much easier to actually decide, how we're going to approach the year, because we're now excited. Like it's now actually doable, feasible, fits into my life. Maybe I've gotten rid of some things that I didn't realize I didn't need to be doing anyway. And life just seems a little less cluttered.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that dumping everything on there and then realistically taking a look at what's on your plate. I used to joke all the time, if you wanted me to do something, ask me in July because I was never busy in July. And so chair a gala in March. Sure, if you ask me in July, I'm down. And then March would roll around and I'm like, this is my busiest time of the year. Why am I doing this? And so I think it's so important to really take a look at what's on your plate throughout the entire year in advance and what goes into that. And I love that you bring up like going on vacation and weddings because so many times We put on our calendar the actual event, but we don't think about all the things that go into doing that event.
1: Yeah, I've heard you talk about that, too. And I'm big on the fact that whatever it is you think you have to do, you're definitely not looking at the time to prepare, the time you have to go and buy something, the time you have to drive here and there. So when you start adding up throughout each season, and I like to break down the year into quarters, Uh, just because generally it's easier to plan out a shorter chunk. But then you can know, okay, I know that in spring this happens. I know that in the summertime this generally is happening. I know that um, if you have kids, maybe they're in certain sports or activities at certain times of the year, so that takes extra time. So you really need to be able to account for your time more or less in order to actually make goals and then know what time you have to hit those goals and be realistic so that if you aren't hitting the goals, you can understand, okay, let's reassess. Is there time that I didn't account for? Oh, okay. I forgot that this happens in this, these two months of the year. All right. So the goal is going to get pushed back a bit, but it's not because I'm not doing what I need to do. It's because I forgot I'm going to have a little less time at this point.
0: And, and that I think makes it so much more rewarding too when you know, okay, I'm taking a little break for the next month because of soccer or kids soccer or whatever, but it doesn't mean my goal is on hold. It just means it's not going to happen. It's just in a phase.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's cycles, right? We're constantly, as women especially, we're always in cycles, but there's cycles in our year. There's cycles in our month. There's cycles even in our week of how we do things and what days we are more relaxed, which days we have more stuff going on. And I think when we allow ourselves to understand that's okay, I think very much there's such a hustle mentality that if you're not pushing all of the time, a hundred percent, then you're not really going to achieve what you want to achieve. And that's so not true. That just leads to burnout. So why are we not recognizing, okay, you know what? On Mondays, That's my low day. That's a day where I prep for the week. That's the day where I make sure the kids are ready to go. That's the day that I take some time and I read a book just to get my mind a little bit relaxed so I'm not rushing into the week feeling stressed already. What are the things that make me feel good about sitting down at my desk and actually spending three, four, five, six, however many hours that you're spending there and not feeling like I have to be there? I'm actually looking forward to being there because that's my day to do it. And I think when we set our mind up and our mentality up to be excited, to be motivated, then we get so much done in much less time than if we were, you know, forcing just doing daily.
0: Yeah. And there are so many things that get in our way when trying to achieve goals. And you talk about three, the three P's. So I'm interested to hear your perspective on the three P's, which are people pleaser, perfectionist, and procrastinator and how those might be holding us back from truly achieving.
1: Yeah, especially in goal setting, each of them have their own special thing. But let's talk a little bit about each. So the people pleaser, when setting goals, it's very interesting because often they're looking to see if their goal will affect others. And so if it will, then sometimes they'll change it, redirect it, wash it down a little bit or wash it out so it's not quite so... Uh, rigid and that they're not interfering with other people's plans and goals. Also with people pleasing, it can be comparison. So it can be a lot of what are other people doing that are doing something similar to me? Um, Should I do it that way? Did somebody tell me that this is the best way to do it? So I should be doing it that way, even though it doesn't feel authentically me. How should I be looking at that? And so people pleasing can be really a struggle of doing something because you think you should do it for other people's purposes or because that's how they do it or that's how they've told you to do it and you want to be loved and cared for and liked by other people. And it can also be like, I'm not even sure what I want my goal to be because I don't really live to to be my own person. I live for everybody else and therefore I'm constantly agreeing with everybody else and how they do it. So I don't actually know how I want to do it for me. So I'll just go ahead and do it how somebody else wants to. So that's our people pleasers. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I see that a lot, actually, where when people set goals, like, why is this your goal? And they'll say, my friend said I should do this. Or people have said I should do this. I also would argue with the people pleasers that when they don't achieve, sometimes it's because they drop their goals to go help others do their goals or other things. and. So they abandon what they truly maybe do want and end up doing other things that help others rather than help themselves.
1: Yeah, they're just so nice that they will go out of their way to help everybody else achieve their goals, even if it means theirs aren't done. Yeah. And our perfectionists or our high achievers, generally, the hardest thing is the goals tend to be really big and really clear. But... The steps to get there are not necessarily broken down because it's just go big again or go home. And with perfectionists, it's fantastic because their quality usually is extremely good. And that also can be uh, a problem when it comes to achieving goals, because if they feel that they don't know everything or they get lost in a certain area because they don't have all the information or the goal actually is bigger than they thought when they start trying to work it out, then they tend to go to procrastination and that stops everything.
0: Yeah. I had a supervisor boss one time tell me, hey, Sarah, just so you know, I was working on a big project. He's just so you know, your 50% is better than some people's 97%. So just take it to 60 and let's call it done.
1: Yeah. And th- that's exactly it. When it comes to perfectionism, it's often just, I can't even do the first step because it's not good enough. I have to rework it and replan it and rethink it and really make sure that before I put it out there, it's exactly how it should be. And there's never perfect. Perfect is a moving target. Even if you put it out there, you're going to look back three months from now and think, oh, I could do better now because I've learned something. So yeah, perfectionists, it can be uh, just getting in their own way, But they also, again, because the three Ps are so related, they also can be looking at it and thinking, oh, I can't put this out there because others will judge me, which has that bit of people pleaser in it, too. So it's not good enough because I'm afraid of what others will say. It's good enough because I've seen others who have been doing it for years longer than me doing it like this, and I can't do it like that yet. So therefore, I can't do it.
0: Yeah. And so often we compare ourselves to people's chapter 25
1: when we're on chapter one. Yeah, exactly. And it's definitely a hard place to be. And at the same time, these three Ps are lovely because they all have such good parts of them. Everything has an upside and a downside, but our people pleasers are nice. They are really generous. They're really great people when it comes to just being able to lend a hand and support and push others forward. And at the same time, perfectionists, again, the quality, the ability to be self-motivated, fantastic. And even the procrastinators, and generally it comes out of people-pleasing or perfectionism, but even if you find that you're procrastinating, often it's because it feels overwhelming. Something is not broken down into a stage that you feel like, oh, I can chew that. I can get through that and, and make it happen. Or it's that you feel like you're stuck. Like right now, I don't know what to be doing. So I'm just going to scroll on Instagram or I'm just going to go and write 100 emails because those are easy for me when that's really what needs to be done. So it can be really hard if you're stuck in any of these P's to reach that goal, unless again, you break that down and get clear and maybe ask yourself some questions about like why, like you had said, why is it that you're doing this? What is the result you're wanting and what does that do for you? What is it about that that originally excited you? And does it still excite you? Because maybe it doesn't and it needs to be changed.
0: Yeah. And I love that you bring up that procrastinators sometimes are stuck. I think a lot of people beat themselves up like, oh, I'm procrastinating. But there's usually an underlying reason. They're stuck. Maybe they're fearful. Maybe they don't want to have a tough conversation with somebody. So they're like, oh, I just won't I won't move forward with that because so-and-so doesn't think I should have my own business. So I'll stay over here. And that really ties into people pleasing too. So I see how they're all related. And I think sometimes it's really tough though to move past these tendencies. So how does one, once they've identified, okay, I'm doing this, how do they move forward with that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a work in in progress, and I think anybody who is dealing with this and working their way through, they'll come back up over and over in your life because it's our tendency to go that way. But I think the first thing again is to start asking some questions when you notice it. Always being curious, right? So asking yourself, what is it that's holding me back in this area? Am I afraid of something? That's often the root of things, right? Do we feel uncomfortable? So is there a, a fear behind the reason you're not? moving forward or you're not doing the thing you know you should be doing to move you forward and instead you're doing other things or why why do I keep saying I'm going to do this because this person says to do it this way and I tend to do what they want where does that come from is it just that person or is this something that showed up when you were a kid is it something where you were told be nice when somebody tells you something tell them thank you and follow through with what they said because they're giving you advice and you don't want to rock the boat. And if you're a nice person, then you don't stand up for yourself. Instead, you say, yes, thank you. I'll do that. Uh, So where does this come from and how deeply rooted is it? And obviously, the longer that you've been doing this, the more rooted it is in your beliefs, the harder it is to shake these things. But you can slowly unravel them. And I think it does come down to asking questions over and over when they come up. Why am I doing this? Why do I feel obligated to this? Why do I feel like I have to do this? Why do I have this expectation for myself? But asking questions and starting to slowly unravel. And even if you're not somebody who journals, I don't love journaling. But when I come up with something that I just keep coming up against it, I just stick those in my phone. I actually just record a little note. This keeps coming up, like this keeps coming up. And then I can go back and look, okay, I think it might be from this, and then I can wait and chew on that for a bit. And yeah, you know what? This came up again, and I think it is the same issue and it is from the same thing. And eventually you start to understand okay, this is where it's coming from. Do I want to continue to behave that way? Or is this something I'm willing to actually start tearing down? Am I able to say, okay, you know what? It's okay to put a boundary on this. It's okay to actually say, I don't want to do that. It's okay for me to say, I actually don't enjoy this part of the business and I want to farm this out to somebody else because I don't have to do it. Somebody else could do it and I don't have to have full control of absolutely every single second within my business. So it's just asking those questions and starting to decide what do I want to break down and what am I good with? And then you can move forward and start to unwind these three areas.
0: Yeah. And and I love that idea of taking a look at what you're doing in your life or business and figuring out the things that you don't want to be doing long term. And many times when we get into a goal, we want to go from A to Z and there's lots of steps in between. But I'm a big proponent of creating a someday maybe. Like someday I will no longer be checking my email and this is what it looks like. There will be a person who does that and this is their job. And that really motivates me to then work harder so that I can then achieve some of those things. So I always like to put some of those things, even though they may be way far out there,
1: into the universe so that I can work towards those things. And it keeps you motivated, right? So I think that's the exciting thing is when you're able to start saying, okay, so this has to be done in my business. I don't love it. It's maybe not the thing that I'm best at, but right now I have to do it. So I am. But what would that look like someday? What would that look like? And starting to be able to dream a bit. I think every time that we can take time out and have a dream session, even if it's two minutes every day in the middle of work, okay, right now I don't wanna be doing this next thing. So what would it look like if I didn't? And who would be doing that? And how would I make that happen? Okay, yeah, I can see that someday. And then go back and do the work that you have to do. But there's just that feeling, okay, I'm heading towards that. That's exciting. That's something that makes me want to come and sit down and get to work every day.
0: You know, it's a very powerful emotion, hope. And if you hope for that or plan for that, definitely changes your mindset.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the times when we are in our business, we're so busy just doing the steps that often we forget, like, why are we actually there? And it's not to sit here and write this email right now. It's something bigger that we feel called to. And it's something that we need to remind ourselves of over and over. And sometimes that dream is so big that we're going to have other people involved. We're going to have to do things differently. So why not start planning that in our head, even if we can't implement it yet, so that we do keep that dream, that hope alive.
0: Yeah. And many of the listeners, they're either in their cubicles right now, dreaming of a different place for their business, for their new business, leaving their nine to
1: five. What would you tell them around this time of year? I think this is a really good time of year, again, to sit down and do that bit of clarity exercise, because again it's always changing, right? And even where you are right now today, if you're in a job that you're thinking, "Mm, I would have something else planned, not sure how to exit here. There's still something that you can put down right now that can be the first steps. So even if that's starting to investigate other options, even if that's starting to talk to other people that have done that, but what are the things that you could do right now? that start to open the door for you to investigate further, because there's going to be other things that then you can do. Maybe it's planning. Maybe it's starting to put a timeline together. Maybe it's taking a course. Maybe it's doing something online to learn something more. But I think when you start to crack the door open, again, it gets exciting because it becomes real. And I think if we just sit with the idea of the goal or the dream in our head, that's great that you have it, but that doesn't actually put any action towards it. And so even right now today, even if you feel like it's years out from now, it will be more years out if you don't actually open the doors and start taking even the tiniest steps towards it.
0: Yeah. And even if it's just penciling it out, <laughs> that is one step. I think so many times people think the first step needs to be this ginormous step and it, and it could be just putting some posters on your wall and figuring
1: out what that would look like. Yeah, exactly. I think so many people think that unless I'm like, I just quit this day job and I'm going to go on to something else, there's no other way for me to transition. And the reality is for most people, that is not doable. You have things to pay for, you have obligations, and that's just normal life to have responsibilities that you need to take care of. But I think, again, like I said, I'm not a, a journaling person at all, but I think when you see it on paper, like you said, It's just different. It makes it real and it helps with your reticular activating system in your brain to give that importance so that your brain starts to look for ways to help you accomplish it. And I think the sooner that you put things down in black and white, the sooner your brain can get active or making it happen.
0: Yeah. And and so many times there's other people involved in our lives with these big decisions. And I know you work with a lot of women to create actionable steps. What happens if there's like a significant other, a spouse, maybe a family member who's you want to do what?
1: Oh boy, I get asked this all the time. And when I first started in the, in the network marketing field, that was often the issue. My husband will never go for this. My husband won't want to spend money. Yet. How am I going to tell my husband? And I think the reality is, if there are other people in your life who need to have an active role. So I want to differentiate here because there are many people who will never achieve what you will achieve, but will be happy to tell you all the reasons why you can't. And I think you need to discount that message or at least turn the dial down on that message. And then the people that actually matter, that you're existing with day-to-day that are going to be a part of this, have a really serious conversation about what this looks like. How will this involve them? What changes will need to be made? How does this, how will this affect your finances? How will this affect your time together? If you have kids, how does this affect your family? And bring them into it. I think that the worst thing to do is not having a conversation where everything is laid out on the table because then people are surprised. Nobody reacts well, surprises, and then you're backpedaling and trying to um, justify what you're doing. But I think when you, you can really lay it all out and ask for help, like, how can we make this happen? This is important to me. Do you see ways that I'm not seeing that this could be transition? Often people will jump in because they want to help, right? People generally are helpful and want to fix it and want to make you happy and want to do things that will um, make your life more joyful, more fulfilled. And so asking for help in making that happen is one of the best things that you can do.
0: Yeah. And I think putting it out there is so important. Many times our dreams are just in our heads or what we're daydreaming about. And so making sure that everybody around you knows what you're thinking about, because the universe is a really powerful thing. And it'll also give them ideas of how they might be able to help you.
1: Exactly. And I think the more that it's said, rather than keeping it a secret or not really wanting people to know because they might laugh or whatever, that actually does you a disservice. So as you start to share what you're thinking about, then people who are hearing other people talk about things are like, oh, I should, you know that, I should tell my friend about that because I just heard that this person is looking for this or they need this. But if you never put it out there, then you're limiting the amount of resources you have as well. So I think you're right. You need to let people know.
0: Yeah, I've just truly loved this conversation. I love this time of year for goal setting. And if you were to... Leave our listeners with a message. What advice would you give them around this time of year?
1: I think this time of year, the number one thing is just to have such compassion on who you are and what you bring to the world. Often we're so busy deciding on some goal or some resolution that we're making that we don't often just say, hey, you know what? Even if you do nothing this year, you're still pretty awesome. Like you're awesome. So if you want to go for something awesome, do it. If you want to you know, back that off and go for something smaller, go for it, do it. Because the reality is most of us that are listening to this podcast, we're going to go for something. We're those people who are driven and highly at achieving high things or things that we could not stop doing, even if we tried. And I think the reality is often we need to give ourselves grace when it comes to understanding that it's OK if you need some time to figure out what that looks like. If you need to take this month to get clear, if you need to do that clarity step and just do those tools of writing everything down, rather than just leaping forward because you said you're going to do something by the end of the year and rather set yourself up in a way that actually you're going to move forward. You're going to be excited about it. You're going to take that action. So be gentle with yourself this month. Make sure that what you're setting up is something you can achieve and something that you're looking forward to doing before you just dive in.
0: Oh, I love it. So, if somebody's listening in, they're like, I want to work with her. How might they find you and what might they expect?
1: Yeah. So, my website's the easiest place. It's pursueprogress.com. You can also check out my podcast, Imperfection in Progress, but the easiest is the website. And really, there is um, a great clarity tool on there that's free. You can go right there and check it out. It will put you into my newsletter and my email list. And you can always send me an email. I answer everybody individually. I love chatting with my people on my email list. So feel free to shoot me an email. I'm happy to chat.
0: Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show. I always love talking to you. I know I could talk to you for hours. So I truly appreciate you. And I look forward to seeing what you are going to achieve this year. What are your goals for this year, by the way? I should ask.
1: Yeah. So this year, I actually I've set up my podcast to have two episodes a week instead of just one. So that's one of my big goals is that by the end of the year, I will have more than 100 episodes. And I am so impressed with your 200 episodes that you celebrated not long ago. I'm hoping that I am there and have the staying power to to go through it, too. And my other big goal for this year, because we are living in Guatemala, I've been working on my Spanish. So I am looking forward to being able to have much easier conversations by the end of this year, so that people think that I've been speaking Spanish most of my life.
0: Oh, I love it. I actually do speak Spanish. I learned when I was riding horses, and I learned a lot of unnecessary, unuseful words that all apply to taking care of horses. So it's not very useful. So I might need to rush up on that. But I love speaking in Spanish when I have the opportunity to. So I wish that was very cool endeavor. All right. Bold goal crushers. It's time to get out there, crush your goals and everything that gets in the way. So you don't have to work double time. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the bold goal crusher podcast where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.